Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening to this podcast. Thank you for tuning in to Aquaba Mental Health, the podcast where we discuss the taboo topic of mental health in the African community. I'm your host, Aldiva Adjumine, a first-generation Ghanaian-American, and today joining us are two very special guests, my cousin, Ohima Afosu-Mensa, and her partner, Ayo Sayinka. Today, we're going to get into the very special topic of African parents versus mental health. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Aquaba, welcome back to the Aquaba Mental Health Podcast. Today's episode focuses on African parents versus mental health. Today, I'm here talking with my cousin, Ohima, and her partner, Ayo. Can you guys? Uh, Yeah. Say hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, thank you guys for coming to this episode today and talking with me. I know that it can be vulnerable sometimes to talk about mental health, especially in our community. That's exactly what we're here to talk about today. So, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having us. So, our first talking point, we're going to talk about your personal experiences. So, since we are talking about mental health, specifically in the African community. Can you both share where you identify from, from Africa? I'm from Ghana. I'm from okay. Nigeria. Oh, look at you guys right next to each other. <laughs> okay, so Nigeria and Ghana. And did you guys, were you guys born there? I was born in Nigeria, and then I immigrated to America when I was about, like, five years old. And I've been here ever since. Okay. I was not born in Ghana, but from basically birth to like preschool age, I was in Ghana. Okay, so you guys still basically spent most of your lifetime here in America, but yeah. still have in your country. Okay, fire. So can you explain now that intersection between where you guys are from and your experience with mental health? Like, how has that been? being Nigerian and your mental health AO. Honestly, for a very long time, I didn't even know like I could have mental health problems. Like mm-hmm. how could I be depressed? I have a roof over my head and I have food on my table. Like there's no possible way that I could be sad. Especially after when I was sad, my parents would be like, why are you sad? But um, over like throughout high school and especially during COVID, like I was in, I was really depressed. I still am really depressed, and mm. I feel like it made it a lot worse not being able to talk to my parents about it and not being able to seek help about it because like every time I would say, "Oh, I think I'm gonna talk to my general practitioner about it," my mom would be like, "No, they're gonna put you on a list. You won't be able to get any jobs. You won't be able to do anything." That's mindset exactly. <laughs> and- about the job. Yeah, like what? Whoa. They love saying that. They'll be like, Oh, you have this, you have basic necessities, you shouldn't need anything more than this. Right. Like, okay. And I I think it's so interesting because a lot of the reasons that like we see such like prominent mental health problems in the Nigerian I mean that well, I can only speak for the Nigerian community. Mm -hmm. Because like I feel like the children of the Nigerian community don't really have anybody to talk to like that's like a trusted adult and 
too they spend a lot of their time hiding from their parents from themselves like they don't really get to be themselves they're trying to like constantly trying to live up to their parents expectations and then like what they really want gets lost in like yeah Yeah. and that's why they're older and then they don't want to talk to their parents no more exactly and what about you Herma how have your differences in the Ghanaian culture affected your mental health I, I feel like Ghanaian parents are definitely more chill than Nigerian parents. I okay. feel like, at least my parents, it's it's kind of funny because they they want me to be open and they want me to talk, but at the same time, like, why would I be open and talk to the source of my problems? Mm. Like, how do you not see that, I guess? Yeah, and it's... yeah, they don't they don't think mental health like they don't take it seriously. Or right? sometimes I feel like they don't think, God forbid, like oh their children could have mental issues, the same mental issues that they literally go to work and. Oh yes, they always work in the. You're literally a doctor, a nurse, like you know mental illnesses. They taught you in school. You were testing on it. And yet, there's no possible way that your children could have such a disease. And you know what's also crazy about that? A lot of these parents are showing signs of these mental illness, like high anxiety, depression, especially, like, if you're an immigrant, especially my mom, when she moved here, she was extremely depressed because it was a new environment, but she couldn't seek out the help that she needed because she didn't believe in mental health. And then now, even to this day, she has, like, very high anxiety, but she refuses to get help because, again, what, e- what even is African, like, Africans having mental illness? And my mom definitely has ADHD. Like, this is a different, but I, I know I have ADHD. And you know who I got that from? My mother. Wow. We act exactly the same, but she refuses. She refuses to even acknowledge the fact that like ADHD is something that people actually have, and it's not just people being lazy. Exactly. But like, she's showing all the symptoms and all the signs of it. It's such a simple concept. Like, not yeah. everyone's brain is just born the typical, like, neurotypical way. Exactly. At all. That's not how it works. Especially when neurotypical neurotypicality is through white men's lens so most Africans Mm. probably not neurotypical to begin with because we don't fall into the category of whiteness that and like all of the um symptoms that come with being neurotypical and through a white lens I'm happy that you brought up about your parents and how your mom also has ADHD because I feel like most of it is generational like a lot of it is generational trauma they just pass on and keep neglecting and keep neglecting yeah for sure and like when you start to take that step to break the generational like trauma they be hating on your ass so bad it's like they be making you feel like you're crazy like i started anxiety meds and my mom told me to stop taking them because she was like you don't even know what's in them you're gonna get terrible side effects they're gonna make you crazy and i'm just like bro i can't even function (laughs) i literally can't function like life gets so hard that i don't want to get out of bed i think a little a little pill will be okay bro <laughs> like, like it's like they'd be jealous like what do you mean you're gonna solve your trauma and i have to live with mine you don't have to bro <laughs> you really it's don't go to therapy <laughs> literally go to therapy it's it's aggravating 
especially when you start healing and you realize that your problems with your parents aren't even because of who they are fundamentally they just have not learned to like be parents and they're only acting out of trauma responses Mm -hmm. and doing the same things that their parents did exactly and i feel like a lot with that like a reason that they keep holding on or they feel like they have to be strong besides strong black women stereotype Mm -hmm. and then the whole black men don't cry stereotype Mm -hmm. i feel like it's very potent in them and then you let that go yeah and i feel like a lot of immigrant parents come to america with the idea that like hard work will get you everywhere and then like so they they only focus on working hard and and accomplishing their goals but then they never really find like enjoyment especially with my parents like we didn't vacation much as a kid because my parents were always working. They were trying to like climb up the social ladder. But now that they're in a stable place, they don't understand the concept of like relaxation, taking time to yourself, like enjoying all the hard work that you put through. It's like they lived to work. And now that like they're in a good place, they don't know what to do with themselves. That is definitely going to take time because I think my parents were like that. But I also wasn't born. True. But now like they've been here for a while and they kind of get the whole like especially when you work with like other white people mm-hmm. they be vacationing because they be tired and like obviously when you're tired you take a break yeah. they don't know like but my that parents you can do that. have like they think that your resting state should be anxious and tired and worried all the time like i don't think they ever and this might have to be do with like how they were brought up because both of my parents did have like turbulent childhoods from what they've told me but they uh-huh. think like you're supposed to suffer they think suffering is just part of life (laughs) and I'm just like and now that I'm like I don't want to suffer they think it's like the most earth shattering crazy thing that I've ever said in my life (laughs) like how dare you you don't want to go through the struggle that I did every day (laughs) and then they'll they'll try to throw it in your face that oh look at all the things I sacrificed for you you don't want to do this I didn't ask for this I literally didn't ask for this. Like, you could have been doing what would make you actually happy, and I would have been fine, because at the end of the day, I'm going to grow up to be an adult, and I'm going to start doing the things that make me happy. Exactly. As you should. But then don't don't even do that, because you can't even do anything in in their household without them getting mad. I've come to the point where I realize you just got to do what it is. They'll be mad at it, and then they'll they'll move on. I left their household, so... (laughs) And look, they were mad at it, and now we're on the path to maybe moving true, on. True, very true. Maybe. Maybe with my mom, if you with my dad. So wait, since you've moved out, do you feel like you've seen an impact or change in your mental health regarding oh, being open? definitely that. I <laughs> wanted to kill myself. So, I mean, it's a very drastic change. Also, I feel like the um, circumstances around my moving out wasn't the best. But yeah, I feel like I definitely am in a better space. And I feel like me not living with them and not actively being reliant with my parents, it makes it easier for me to forgive and like try to mend our relationship. Right. Because I feel like when I was living under the roof, it felt like an obligation to try to like mend because like they're financially responsible for me. They've sacrificed so much for me. Like I have to like, I have to like them I have to love them and I have to do what they need me to do but like once you move out and you start healing those like burdens that they placed on you you start to think hmm 
maybe I don't gotta be who they want me to be and we can still have a good relationship where they actually learn who I am. And exactly. emphasis on that. Yeah. And what about you, Ohama? I know that you're not essentially fully moved out, but this time that you spent away at school, how has that changed or impacted your mental health? It's it's I think my mental health surrounding my parents has definitely gotten better. I think our relationship has gotten better since oh. moving out. Um, I don't know. I think I don't know if they just view me. I think they're just tired, honestly. Oh wow! You just get to a point where, like, all of the arguing, all of the like, we want you to do this, we want you to be this. I think they kind of just like got tired, and through that tiredness, they kind of just accepted it. But do you feel like it's too late at this point? Like, what you may have wanted or needed for them to support you mentally? No, I don't think it's too late. Okay, but at the same time. I don't know if I'm ready to like actually put in the work yet. Like I feel like I don't it's not like I trust them as much as maybe other people trust their parents. Yeah. Um oh, religion. That's a nice topic. Yeah. Well, I feel my like parents. our religion is like a byproduct of our parents. Well, my parents are pastors. So, oh, your parents are pastors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It takes the whole mental health to a whole different topic. Yeah. <laughs> just pray it away. Just pray it away. Quite literally, just pray it away. Quite literally, pray the gay away. Pray the mental illness away. Pray any anything that could be a struggling, that could be a problem in your life. Pray that shit away, and you'll be fine. It don't work, though. I mean, no, it really don't. It works for some people, just not me. Well, yeah. I wonder why they think it works for them. It doesn't and they know it <laughs> like they're so mentally they're in denial <laughs> they're in denial because there's no reason that you should be having a heart attack because i haven't texted you in a day like i'm not dead i just didn't text you back you have a serious anxiety and you're not like she prays every morning every evening every night it's like she's the prayer warrior of prayer warriors if you ever wow. met a prayer warrior before and she still struggles with these issues so it's not really about religion it's about you and healing your trauma and she refuses to do that they love being like oblivious to stuff they love believing that what they think is right and they would rather die than actually look at evidence pointing other words and i feel like the religion thing is a coping mechanism so because don't get me wrong there's statistics out there that say that having a strong faith-based health and mental health, but it just helps. It doesn't solve it. And I don't feel like they want to understand that. Mm-hmm. It's like drinking. It'll get you going, but at the end of the day, your problem is still there. Exactly. No, sometimes I feel like they use religion to do that, like solve their, I guess they kind of just believe that like God will fix everything, mm-hmm. but God's not going to do anything if you don't do anything and they teach that in the bible they don't even listen to the preachings that they preach about it's so funny or that like other people preach about i don't think it's that they don't they believe in like you have to do part of the work to get there is that comes to mental health yeah like they don't think that's part of the work that you need to do to get there. They think that part is in God's hand. There's other things that they, like, will put on themselves. But, mm-hmm. like, 
things like mental health, things like how they're raising their children. I don't know why they just assume like that's in God's hands because it's not like you're making you're having an effect on your child actively. You're having an effect on how you see the world actively. Like if that was the case, don't go to work then because God will provide you money. Just stay home. Exactly. And even with my mental health, of course, in the beginning, like she didn't fully like she fully discarded that. Mm-hmm. I feel like it wasn't until like I think I posted on Instagram some like fake deep suicidal post, and then she was tripping, and that's when we go to therapy. And I'm like, oh, oh, now you see it. That's but what even I'm, that's what I'm saying. She was like, it's because your dad, right? My girl. Oh, that's not what I'm saying. But did she actually think that? What that it was my dad? Yeah, yeah. Because she was like, it's because your dad's not here as often, and all this other stuff. I'm like, that's true, but it's also you. But <laughs> pretend it's just him. Like that lack of accountability is, I feel, very present for African parents, and that also displays why they don't take mental health seriously. Like they can't fathom believe that it was them that they were. That it was them. They they blame everybody except everybody and everything, bro. Like your phone. It's social media. It's your phone. It's my my dad once blamed Diary of a Wimpy Kid books. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? And the crazy thing is, you will literally tell them about something they did to you as a child that fucked you. Sorry, messed you up. And they will literally act like it never happened. They will gaslight you into thinking that you imagined that shit. And then you'll go talk to your siblings and you're like, no, this happened. And they're just like being crazy. And I hate that. But also, I saw a quote the other day. And me and Ohema was talking about this. Like, you can't heal something that you don't think exists. So Mm. when parents genuinely don't think there's a problem with their relationships with their with their kids because they generally don't think they did anything wrong they generally think that they did the best that they can and if there's anything wrong it's just us complaining or it's outside demons coming in to like influence us or something. quite literally but even with that and them having to admit that it is them and healing i feel like at one point it's like the child's responsibility like it's been 30 years bro forgive your parents But it's been 30 years, how, like, especially if you've been having conversations with your parents from a young age about how they've been affecting you, how, like, you want to forgive them, but they're making it hard for you to do so, especially on top of that, if they're repeating patterns of abuse that has, like, led to your, like, mental health state, Mm -hmm. it's almost impossible to forgive something that someone doesn't feel bad about or even feel like they need forgiveness for. But like when when you say forgiveness, do you mean it like forgive them and like forget and move on? Because I feel like I mean more so like don't hold that grudge of hatred towards them because that's just also still gonna weigh you down and I feel like you're still holding on to the trauma. Not to say that you have to forget it because that's impossible. I'm talking more about that the trauma doesn't go away because it's still occurring because they never stop. Oh, oh. Like, okay, so you didn't cut them off. Right. Okay. I think mine is a little different. I'm at, I'm kind of at a point where they're not actively traumatizing me anymore. Mm-hmm. But sometimes my body, like, even with other people who aren't my parents, 
my body just like resorts back to when they were traumatizing me so mm. it's like it's kind of hard because as much as I like want to forgive them for everything because we're cool now I'm still like in a state subconsciously where like oh my god like my dad's coming up the steps like I gotta hide very much true very or much like true. scared getting like shocked when like people raise their voices and stuff like that yeah. or even like just relationships in general is hard it's really yeah it's really hard to like forgive when you can see remnants of everything they've done to you done to you I don't like using it like that but like in every aspect of your life like to this day I can't really sleep well because like my I think the correct one is like I'm constantly in fight or flight like I grew up in such a like turbulent household that I don't Mm -hmm. I can't be calm I can't like relax because it's always like you're waiting for the other shoe to drop like my room is a mess right now and for some reason I like sometimes when I walk into my room I'm like if my mom saw this she'd be so mad at me no for real I feel that so bad it's like our body like memorizes the trauma and it does (laughs) your body stores trauma oh god and if you never address, if you don't even realize that it's something that it, your body is doing, it, it can lead to like serious health problems. Like, I think my back pain is caused by the amount of trauma I've been through with my family because there's no way. Like, I'm 19. I should not have the back of a 90 year old arthritis man. <laughs> I genuinely think, like, you you remember everything that's happened to you, even if you don't physically remember. Because I also I don't remember most of my childhood. Your body remembers. It's gotta be because you, and then you go to the doctor and they're like, well, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah, they'll be like, your BP is fine. Everything's fine with you. Then why am I in constant pain? They did full ultrasound of my stomach and didn't find anything. But why am I always like having stomach issues? No, literally. And you bring up a good point because that's another reason. Because as much as we want to put all the blame on African parents, you have to understand the other factors, one of them being access to healthcare and also not being taken seriously in healthcare. No, that's... That's actually a very, very valid point. Because I think that's one of the reasons that deterred me away from um, getting mental health help. Because Mm -hmm. when I was, like, trying to get... When the first time I ever went to therapy, like, and I was doing well for a while. But then I was with a white woman, and that might have been my first mistake. It felt like I wasn't being heard. Like, it felt like she wasn't... (laughs) Like, I was, like, a case study and not, like, a human being, like, experiencing things and needing to heal from things. And mm-hmm. I didn't really like that part about therapy because it didn't, it felt so impersonal for some reason. Like, yeah. it felt like she didn't understand my experiences because, like, obviously she... we come from different backgrounds. I would tell her, oh, my parents whipped me. And she looked at me like she needs to be calling CPS. Me. Exactly. Like... And it's like, no, it's just a cultural difference. But also, I don't want to go to a Nigerian, like a Nigerian um, therapist either, because th- there's too much familiarity. They think that you're mm-hmm. your African auntie, and that's not the case. Like, I need help, bro. Like, <laughs> no, like this is not no friendly, friendly stuff. I will not be seeing you at church. Please. Yeah. <laughs> AM. <laughs> Dang, that's a good point. I didn't even think about, like, if they're exactly your ethnicity, that they might try to bring that in there. I liked having a white woman therapist, but she didn't treat me like that. She kind of just like, she kind of just like listened, I guess. But honestly, 
therapy didn't work for me for like a year and I think it was because we had to pay out of pocket and I just felt that burden yeah yeah no that is also one of the reasons I stopped going to therapy because it was a hundred and eight dollars per session like I was having sessions twice a week and then it, it almost like made me feel like they were right like in terms of like oh this mental health stuff just being like nonsense because here I am like draining their account every week trying to get help and like I don't know I guess I feel any better yeah yeah I feel that I don't know I feel like um like obviously there are some things that American medicine got right with mental health like talk therapy can be helpful but I feel like there's so much wrong with how we approach mental health especially mental health with POCs because we don't take into regard like their experiences and like how other factors of the sorry my roommates are in the background how other factors of their lives are like actually affecting them and it's not just about mental illness because there's also like there's generational trauma that is literally embedded into our DNA. There is like cultural and everyday trauma, like microaggressions that nobody talks about in therapy. And people don't realize like it gets like internalized and we, it fucks with us. It, uh, fuck, why do I keep cussing? Bro, it messes no, with us. So true. <laughs> Have you ever done family therapy? I did. And I told my dad I'd never forgive him to his face. And oh, then... maybe I should have done family therapy. <laughs> yeah it, it worked though not not saying <laughs> not like that but i think getting, he, it off your chest. getting it off my chest worked and i think he kind of realized like oh wow like all these little things that to us maybe were little it actually like messed you up and you don't like us yeah was this recent? no it was it was 2020 okay so yeah like after that happened they kind of just let me like do my own thing i wish my parents were more res- i wish i i don't wanna i was gonna say i wish that my parents were more receptive to like therapy when i was younger because like now i'm forcing them to like try to get more receptive to mm-hmm. it but i also hate the fact that it's my job to get them help it's my job to like bring them to therapy it's my job to like communicate the fact that they fucked me up because like just look just look at me bro i i literally can't even talk to adults without crying sometimes like i spent a whole summer like locked in the house seeing no sunlight i didn't talk to anyone i barely ate and y'all are just gonna sit there and look at my face like there's nothing wrong with me i should have been in a mental hospital and yet i was just like in my house sitting there doing nothing it's kind of scary i don't know i wish i knew what like went on in their heads i always what do you you see your kids studying suffering days inside the house in pain literally in pain not getting out of bed not eating and you just don't do anything it hurt when other people saw it exactly because like what do you mean you can see me like oh are you okay I mean, like, obviously, they're being bitchy, but at least they see it. How do my parents not see it? 
I feel like they see it, but because they are also depressed on the inside, they push their depression down and go to work. So they're like, why can't you do the same thing? <sighs> that is I, thought about it like I think that. my dad has depression. Whatever he tries to, he hates his job. He Really? He, he does not like being a dentist. He says oh. it every single time you bring up him being a dentist. And then oh. he comes back from work and has no time to do anything. He talks about a career change that will never happen because he thinks he's too old. Like, he is depressed. But oh. the man would, is never going to admit it. Imagine how much more fulfilling their lives could be if they just got therapy, bro. That's it. Just if it was free? If it was free? If it was, if it was free. I don't even think there would be. I don't know if it was, was free. free. <laughs> I really don't. I think they're comfortable in their sadness. I think they're comfortable living the life that they live because at least it's stability. That's what I love about our generation is that we're not like, I think our kids and our kids' kids will be drastically better than our parents just because of us. It's not normal to feel a lot of the things that like people feel like assume are just normal behavior. Yeah. And I have to give my parents prop because, because our kids will be better i know that i'm better because they did something that their parents did not and mm. i guess like gotta give them pat them back for like you gotta game gotta recognize game i guess like, i, I know they're trying so i can't oh i can't be actually mad at them even when i really want to because oh no you can you can but I can't I, I can't bring myself to I know I can but I can't bring myself to because okay. I know how hard they're trying yeah but trying your hard and trying the best is two different things but it's still trying it is it is okay speaking of trying and how we talk about our generation is doing better what do you think the next wave of mental health would look like with like our kids? I don't know. I feel like our kids would be less definitely mentally ill. But I feel like there's more going on. I, I feel like we'd have to... I feel like our kids would be more emotionally intelligent. But mm. I feel like we have to teach them it's going to be less about what's going on inside or like inside your house and your community that's affecting you and more about what's going on outside. Because there's a lot of like, like climate change, for example. Right. Like we low-key got to teach our kids like how to react to stuff like that. Cause I don't know how to react to, I don't know how to react. Like I don't even know what to do in an earthquake. (laughs) At all. I feel like the what we focus on is going to be different. Right now, with like capitalism basically being all of our downfall and the economy being broken, like depression and anxiety is definitely on the rise. But I think as maybe we learn to fix or like uh, find new ways around that, it's just going to be other issues we have to worry about. Okay. And AO for you. If that's the future, what do you think in the current and the present could be some things that would be helpful to mental health in general, but more specifically in the African community? 
the Nigerian community. Communication, like actual open and honest communication where both sides are hearing each other. Uh-huh. These soon kids gonna... are immature and like can't. Like we have, I mean, you guys might not have taught us emotional intelligence, but we, t- we learned it. And we can actually talk through our feelings and we can talk through most of the problems that we have with you if you gave us the chance to. Because, like, obviously, like, me and my parents don't talk about mental health issues often, but there has been moments where I've had a problem with them and we actually got, like, to a good place because she gave me the space to talk about it. Uh So I, and that's that's how I feel about the question that you asked earlier. I feel like because like we're getting more, we're, this is a very communicative generation. We talk a lot. We like to, we love to express our feelings to anybody who will listen. And I think that's yeah. going to be <laughs> the next generation because I, even if the world is all fucked, they're going to talk about it and they're going to actually make changes. That's true. Okay. So in the meantime, um, while we're building these conversations and, waiting for the turnaround in mental health what do you guys do now you specifically what do you do to cope currently <sighs> well i am in therapy yes I, I do be i do be better now i'm on good meds and i have a marijuana addiction so <laughs> and that's so real that is so I, you real. gotta do what you gotta do i mean i'm doing it barely but it's just it's just one day at a time one hour at a time actually one hour yeah yeah baby steps and what about you Aya? very much felt the marijuana addiction part but also <laughs> i think it's just surrounding yourself with people who like make you feel good and like i mean not yeah. obviously not make you feel good make you feel good but like the people that you can go to because a big part of the reason that i was sad was because i didn't have anybody to talk to about my sadness so i was just holding it in and holding mm-hmm. it in and holding it in but now that I feel like I'm in a community where I feel safe and I like know that if I go out in the hallway and talk to my roommates, they'll listen. I feel like that has helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Also, like doing stuff that makes you happy, like getting yourself a nice little treat every once in a while or like getting yeah. a boba just because you deserve a boba. I love a good boba. I just had boba today. It was <laughs> And what is one advice? Ooh, okay, double question. What's one advice you would give? Triple question. What's oh. Okay, so basically advice you'd give past self, current self, and future self regarding mental health. How many you can go first? <sighs> past self? Yes. Just tell my past self it's going to be okay, bro. Mm-hmm. And... I'm want to tell my present self or my current yeah. self to just slow down. Like, it's okay. The world doesn't have to be solved by tomorrow at 12 p.m. Like, the sun will still set. It's going to be okay. And future self, I just hope you're happy, bro. Like, <laughs> please. No, bro. Please. <laughs> yeah. And Aya? I don't know what I would tell my past self. I don't know. Oh, wait, so, you got... I don't know why this is such a hard question. Can I skip it? Can I go to the present <laughs> Can, oh, go to... <laughs> Can you go to which one? Like, 
present. I think what I would tell my present self is it's okay to cry about it. It's okay to be mad about it. It's okay to rant about it. It's okay to express your feelings about something that made you upset, sad. Like negative emotions aren't bad. They're just there to teach you. And I think that's something I really struggle with I think that if I'm feeling something negative something must be wrong but I I think I need to learn to live in it and then future me I don't know invest in bitcoin yeah (laughs) I don't know what I would give what advice I'd give future me about mental health because I don't know how she would be feeling in a few years I don't know how I'm gonna feel tomorrow um live live your life how you want to live it yeah what would you tell your parents right now if if we weren't if we didn't have African parents, right, and and expressing your feelings wasn't a sign of disrespect, what's just one thing you wish you could tell your parent right now? I still want to be your kid. Wow, that was so cute. <laughs> I'm still mad at you. And that's valid. I feel like I would say thank you. My mom's came come a long way. Oh, I your mom has come a long way. I'm proud yeah. of her. <laughs> thank you was a good one too yeah okay so thank you both for sharing your stories on mental health your vulnerability advice that you had and your perspectives both in the nigerian and Ghanaian culture um ultimately i hope that we can make that impact and difference for our mental health as well as the impact of other individuals around us um and yeah thank you guys for coming thank you Hema. thank you ayo Thank you. Thank you for having us. And yeah, I will see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this podcast was sponsored by HelloFresh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Aquaba Mental Health Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Adiva Adjamine. For resources for mental health and more information, check our description box down below. And for legal reasons, I'm not actually sponsored by HelloFresh. See you next time. Thank you.